You may have heard it said, you can't outgive God. It really is true. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. I want you to know as you fear giving, and there's other things going on in your life, I'm sure God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He's able to take care of every need that you have. He's able to provide an abundance, it says, for every good work. And our giving is rewarded in so many ways. When we give, there is a contentment that comes through obedience. This is amazing grace. Jay Hudson Taylor said, when God's work is done in God's way for God's glory, it will never lack God's supply. And haven't you found that to be true in your life? Today on Abounding Grace, we'll learn as we give cheerfully and with a willing heart, God will take care of our needs. He'll supply. Pastor Ed Taylor draws that out from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and that's where we join him now. You've just joined us in our study in 2 Corinthians these last couple chapters have been a mini-series on the topic of giving. And yes, the emphasis on the topic of giving is giving within your local congregation. But we also pulled back a little bit to understand that giving is far more than an action, but it's an act of obedience that comes from a willing, surrendered heart to God. If you find yourself not giving, then you are disconnected in a very important way, from the giving heart of your God, who loved you so much that he gave not a little to you and not a portion to us, but he gave his best, his own son, Jesus, to cover and to remove our sins from us. That's the heart of God, the missionary heart of God, as we've been learning in other studies. Giving's very important. It's far more than measured out in dollars and cents. But if you're struggling with the dollars and cents, then the issue in your heart is far greater And God would have you to cooperate with him. That's what he says right here in verse 6. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Just by way of review we want to be reminded that God isn't interested in pressuring you to give. And because God's not interested in pressuring you to give, I'm not interested in pressuring you to give. Giving is an opportunity for us to worship God and obey him. So please don't ever feel pressured to give here. If you ever hear a Bible study from me or one of the other pastors and somehow the words that are used or the atmosphere or even how you've walked in, perhaps some things concerned in your heart about giving and Don't feel pressured to give. Just know right now it's not our intent to pressure you. It's not our intent to somehow coerce you or press you into doing something that you don't want to do. Don't feel pressured to give when you watch some teacher on television. Don't feel pressured to give when you're listening to some Bible study on the radio. Uh, Don't feel pressured to give if you get a flyer or some letter in the mail or you are in the midst in our own congregation right now in 
the vision of our church. We're going to be through, we're going to be looking at the vision of our church and the heartbeat of our church and being on mission with Jesus for many weeks. And at the end of the month, at the end of January, I'm going to present to you a very exciting step that I think our church is going to be taking, um, that I know our church is going to be taking, and we're just putting the final details on it. And we'll have to wait till our board meeting to f- polish up everything. But the exciting, it'll be a very exciting thing and it'll be very surprising to you. I believe, to many of you. Some of you will just be really in tune with it, but it'll be very surprising to you, and I'm excited um, the direction that we're going. But even with that, I don't want you to feel pressured to give. I don't want you to feel pressured to... Just don't feel pressure at all. Just abide in the Lord and enjoy Him. Enjoy His grace. Your giving needs to come from a willing, purposeful heart, just like your service. You don't want to be running around serving, going, man, I hate serving. Really? Yeah, what do you want? I'm here, I'm the greeter, where do you want to sit? You know, or I'm, I'm the greeter, welcome to Calvary. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you don't, you feel pressured, just, just let it go. We don't, maybe we don't need the people to greet that day or we don't, need, we don't need anything but the word. Worship in the word, that's what the Lord uses in our lives and everything else is a bonus. You don't want to give because of pressure. Artificial or if maybe somebody tries to lay a trip on you. Your giving, remember, is between you and Jesus Christ. And he does watch how we give. He watches not just what we give, but he watches how we give. And we have that instance in his life where he was watching the rich man give and the poor widow that gave. And although the widow only gave what would be the equivalent of a few coins, a few pennies for us, and the rich man gave much compared to pennies, Jesus pointed out and said, that gal, you see her giving? She's giving more than that rich man could ever give because she gave everything. That was her heart. She gave everything while that rich man gave out of his abundance. And that what he saw was not just what they give, but he sees how we give. And my prayer, of course, is you never feel pressured. But at the same time, while we don't place a great emphasis on giving, like it's not a hobby horse or we don't come back to giving messages every top of the year and you know, go, wait a minute, Ed, it's January. You're giving a teaching. You know, you're teaching about giving. I know because we've been going verse by verse through 2 Corinthians and this is where we're at. We're just finishing up. We're going to put all these studies together on a little MP3 drive so that when the questions of giving come up, you have the systematic teaching of the Bible, what our view is on giving and tithing and the faithfulness because our view prayerfully is what God's view is from his word. So even as we move forward looking at what God has for us, please, I hope and I pray you never feel pressured or guilted to serve here, to give here, but instead you fall in love with the faithfulness of God. And the goodness of God and all that we have, the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, the Father of lights. That we're to enjoy the gifts that God has given to us. God doesn't want you bemoaning and complaining and whining and being grudgingly. Just like I've said before, if you're, if you're giving, according to my understanding of 2 Corinthians here, chapter 7, if you're giving with a grudge or you feel of necessity, just keep it. You're walking up to the box here, the offering box, and you're just so mad and so upset. And I can't believe I have to give. And what's this, what's this church doesn't need it anyway? Keep it. Just keep it. It's between you and the Lord. You don't need to put on any performance or any show. or you don't. Just keep it until the Lord touches your heart. And you can give joyfully. And you can get excited about the things that God is doing through the congregation here. Get excited about what God gets to do throughout the city through this small little church on the corner. God's able to use us in great and wonderful ways. If you chose to give, and you're a a tremendous giver right now, look at what the promise is. 
Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Isn't that the greatest concern when we give of our money and our tithes and offerings is how am I going to take care of things at home? How am I going to take care of my bills? How am I going to take care of the things that are going on in my life? How am I going to take care of rent? How am I going to take care of school or tuition or car payment? And as you give, the Bible says God is able. And I marked these words. I don't remember when I did it, but they're marked right here. I circled the word all. I circled the word always. I circled the word all, all, and every. Those are pretty big words. This is no small thing. Like God is able to make all grace, and he's already looked, he's already compared giving with grace, that giving is a grace, but I think he's broadening it here as well, just that God is a gracious God. He's able to make all grace, whatever grace you might need, abound towards you so that you always have sufficiency in all things. You have an abundance for every good work. It's a promise we can hold on to. We have to clarify, you know, the the faithfulness of God is every good work and every need. And he's able to take care of our needs. And he's able to take care of the things. One of the difficulties, of course, in our lives, in our culture. And this is why in January you're going to find toward the end of the month there's going to be a great uh, encouragement from us as a church family. There's going to be a great encouragement for you to make this the year you make a decision to get out of debt. With the way that things are going in the world today with the way the economy is teetering, for us as believers to be strong, for us as believers to really make a difference uh, in our society, we need to really assess. And it may take you a year, it may take you two years, it may take you five years, but to get out of debt and learn how to use unrighteous mammon for the kingdom of God and not continue to get deeper and deeper. And I know, even when I'm saying this, some of you are very discouraged because you're deeper, deeper. I I know of which you speak, I understand Um, For the first many years of our marriage, Marie and I were deep, deep, deep in debt. That's how we got married, and that's how we got saved. I mean, thousands upon thousands, a double-digit thousands of dollars. Um, And we didn't make that much money, and we we didn't have that much money. And then when we got saved and God God laid it upon our hearts for Marie to stay home, I didn't make any money hardly at all in those early days. And yet, the Lord gave a very strong impression upon our lives to get out of debt. And I understand why in those early days, we couldn't do it. It was hard. We were just little by little by little, but we made a commitment. I also had to learn how not only to get out of debt, but also to stop spending and buying things that we didn't need that we don't have money for. That's step number one. Just don't be ripped off by consumerism and the commercials and everything. Just buy what you can and wait for the rest. Just wait on the Lord. You never know how he's going to provide And now I understand why God was doing that because as we got saved and as we were moving forward, really in order to step out in faith and and move and plant a church, God made it very clear we had to get out of debt. And we did many years before we moved here. And we've been out of debt except for house. And now, I don't know how you guys feel, man, but my car broke down and now I got it. You know, it's just like, I'd rather drive a car with 500,000 miles on it. I don't really care. Um, But when they blow up or like poor Marie was in a traffic accident and they totaled it, uh, they gave us nothing for it. The van was better for us, you know, not totaled than total. But that's, anyway, I get off. You, this is where the, this, this is where, this is a little inside of my life. I mean, this is where I really believe that the Lord is taking us uh, even in the direction as a church so that we can learn to use the money that God has given to us to do even greater things uh, and learn how to use the system. There, did you know there's a monetary system in our world? Money, there's a way to use money and there's a way that money uses you. And that's why we have classes that we're going to be launching again in February. We're going to be doing the financial peace classes. 
We're going to teach you. We're not just going to say, okay, guys, everybody, let's do it. We're going to teach you, and we're going to show you by example. And the people that are leading, like Tony and the team that he has that are leading that, they've gone through it already and demonstrated how possible it is to live in such a way where the money that God entrusts to you can be used and multiplied for both you and the kingdom of God, not for others. I'm excited about that because I believe it'll bless the kingdom of God. I want you to know as you fear giving, and there's other things going on in your life, I'm sure God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He's able to take care of every need that you have. He's able to provide an abundance, it says, for every good work. And our giving is rewarded in so many ways. Let me give you a couple things if you're taking notes. When you think about giving, our giving is rewarded in so many ways. Number one, when we give, there is a contentment that comes through obedience. There is a contentment with what we have that comes through our obedience and giving. The abundant reward of grace is knowing that we've honored our creator, our father in heaven, with a portion With a portion. I don't know what that portion might be. For some, it's a larger portion than others. But it's simply a portion of what he's given to us. I mean, if you just take the number of tithing, if you just take tithing, if you just take 10%, you just take that old covenant standard, which is replaced by the new covenant standard of giving yourself. But let's just take the old covenant standard of 10%. What God is saying to the children of Israel, just if we use that, and and really the giving of the children of Israel, you study, was more than 10%. But let's just use an easy number, 10%. This is what God's saying. God's saying, you have the freedom in me to use 90% of what I allow you to have. But that's not how we see it. If you're not careful, you'll see it. Oh, oh, 10%. Do you know how much 10% is? Yeah, it's $1 out of every 10. It's 10 cents out of every dollar. It's a penny out of every dime. I know what it is, and that's where it starts. You want to be faithful with the pennies? The dimes, the dollars, the $100, or whatever else the Lord entrusts to your care. We're content by this obedience. Listen to this. Jot it down. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. You have, have you guys all seen your baby pictures? We all decked out with a watch and a gold chain. Were you wearing glasses when you came out? I, I haven't seen your baby pictures, but I bet you I know what they look like. They're all the same for all of us. We all wish no, they, no photographer was in there taking that naked picture. And that's how we came into the world. We've been dependent upon our creator from the womb, from the point of conception. So we brought nothing into this world, and listen to this. It's certain that we will carry nothing out. Friend, that's true. Giving brings contentment. Secondly, giving brings a blessing when you're used of God to help others. Because your giving helps others. Grace abounds as our giving is truly helping others in their time of need. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, it's it's, it's just so much more than money. Because in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus talks about the blessing of simply giving a cup of cold water. That's what he said. Just a cup of cold water in his name. He said, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in my name. This is 1042, Matthew's gospel. In the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. There's a reward for giving even to the least. I mean, giving a cup of cold water in many countries, a cup of cold water is very valuable. It's very easy to give in our culture, the 
blessing of God upon us, how easy he's made water accessible. But there's a lot of needs around the world where the mission for the country is just simply digging a well and preaching the gospel with the water that comes up. It's a blessing to give a cup of cold water. Thirdly, when you and I give, we also experience a freedom from greed. A freedom from greed. There is a grace-based blessing. Every time we give, we give away a little bit of our greed and our selfishness. And we find ourselves longing to anticipate what God's going to do through our giving. And when you give, there's a sense, giving willingly, freely, a desire to give more. Check this proverb out. Turn over to it. I want you to see it. You might want to write it right there in 2 Corinthians. It's a great cross-reference. Proverbs chapter 21. You can cross-reference it with uh, 2 Corinthians 9. But check this out. Some of you, I bet you didn't even know this was in the Bible, this verse. And now I want to show it to you. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26. Well, pick up with me in verse 25. How about that? They go together. It says, the desire of the slothful kills him. Or you could replace the word slothful with the lazy person. For his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. That's a pretty powerful statement in, con- in contrast. I mean, if any of us, was, would, if we put out a, uh, hey, everybody, let's raise our hands. How many of you are lazy sloths that don't give anything and refuse to work? And if you did want to raise your hand, you go, I'm too lazy to even raise my hand. You know, I'm like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. And he uses that because none of us want to be that. None of us want that. That's not our heart. Even if we're wrestling with, you know, being more diligent and, and getting up early or, or working harder or whatever it might be that God's raising and maturing you in, you still don't want to be there. You want to be like the righteous. You want to be someone that gives and does not spare. That's just, you, that's where you can pray that proverb right into your heart. Because when you give, you give away a little bit of your greed. You give a little bit of your laziness. In another place in the, in the New Testament, in Ephesians, Paul told the church in Ephesus that your work, your work is not only to provide for the needs of your own family, but when you work, you're also working to help provide the needs of those that have a need, just like the church that was reminded to give to the needs of the church in Jerusalem. That's what they're giving for. They're giving above and beyond what they would locally support the Corinthian church and the the ministry of the Corinthian church because they made a commitment when their heart was tugged to give to the church in Jerusalem. And now remember Paul's reminding them, you guys need need to give. You made a commitment. You give a little bit of your greed away. You give a little bit of that's why giving has to be purposeful and from the heart. Because if you give grudgingly, you're going to be in the same condition. You're going to miss the whole point. I'm going to miss the whole point when I'm giving unto the Lord. I, I have this freedom from greed. And as we cheerfully give with a willing heart to the Lord, God will see that we are taken care of. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. That's this one verse. God will see that we're taken care of. It might be at the last minute. It might be in a way you didn't expect. Look at Philippians chapter 4. You can hold fast to this, you guys that are struggling right now. We've all been through struggling times. We've all come to the end of the month at times where we're just wondering, what do we need to do and how can we meet this? I mean, whether it was the younger years of marriage or in your singleness or if unfortunately your spouse passed away or you're in a messy divorce or whatever it might be. You're underemployed. You were laid off. We've all had issues with money. Maybe it's because we misused it. Understand, when you're seeking the Lord, he'll provide, he'll make sure that you're taken care of. Pick up in verse 18 of Philippians 4. Indeed, I have, Paul says, and abound. 
I'm full. Having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, remember Paul writing to the church in this city of Philippi. He's writing from jail. He's writing from a house arrest. He's writing from incarceration. He's uncertain about his future. He received a small gift from Epaphroditus, and it blessed him. He described it as abounding. He just has everything you need. he needs. It's just he's well taken care of. And then he turns it around. He says, and my God, verse 19, shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Man, you can just bank that. You can put that one on your pillow. You can sew that in, you guys that, that do, you gals and guys that do the embroidery. Embroider that on your pillow and go to sleep on it every night. You can trust the Lord that he'll, he'll take care of your need. He'll take care of you. Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, reminding us God is the giving supplier. And Pastor Ed, we've certainly seen that over the years here at Abounding Grace. God has taken care of our needs. Would you take a minute to reflect on that as we close? You know, Larry, God has been and continues to be incredibly faithful with us here at Abounding Grace um, in the radio ministry that so many years ago, I'm going to say 17 years ago, started on an AM station here locally in Denver at, at a very um, <laughs> uh, unlikely time. Like it was later in the evening, it was one spot, once a day, and we were just so excited that all we had in those early days uh, to give to our community was the Word of God. And you know, now, so many years later, all we have to give to our community is the Word of God. His love flowing through us. And we think back to that one station, that one AM station, way back when, to where we are today, and how God has expanded the ministry, how God has expanded even our vision for abounding grace to purchase two full-time FM radio stations that cover 80% of the population of Colorado, all through this little church in Aurora, Colorado. And over the years... The faithfulness of God has come through the faithful giving of His people. That's how He provides. And I want to take the time to thank you, every one of you that have given uh, an offering through Abounding Grace, that you have supported us financially. I want to thank you, everyone that has supported us prayerfully, just remembering us every once in a while. Maybe you're driving through and you hear the program, you just say, Lord, bless this, bless this outreach, bless this church. God hears your prayers. And we receive those offerings, we receive those prayers, and just as a reminder, we do need your support, uh, and we do ask for your support. So would you go to our website, AboundingGraceRadio.com, AboundingGraceRadio.com, there is a tab that donate there, and you can set it up as a one-time or a recurring, and, and there are costs involved, like production and radio airtime and that kind of stuff, and so thank you personally. Um, God has done great things through us, and you are a part of us, and we so love and appreciate you, and as you give, you're giving to the Lord through the ministry here, and we'll see a continual growth. I mean, we just added a station just this week in San Angelo, Texas, and we're just so grateful. It's so neat. It's just unbelievable. So thank you guys for your faithfulness. The Lord is doing a wonderful work through the radio, and we're grateful for the listeners that stand with us to help make that possible. Thank you very much. 
large or small, your giving to the Lord is making a difference. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of The Third Option by Miles McPherson. In it, Pastor Miles speaks out about the racial divisions in today's world and encourages us to see people as God sees them. It contains awesome practical takeaways and exercises to help you understand the points of views of others. I think you'll also be inspired and encouraged to make positive changes in our country, starting with yourself. Again, ask for a copy of The Third Option when you call today at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you joined us late or would like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. We'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through our new website at AboundingGraceRadio.com by clicking on Contact. Tell a friend about these daily studies, and then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 2 Corinthians. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.